Where's the Block by Sheridan. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Where's the Block. And uh, today we have Tanshura Stobi with us and we are going to talk about engineering. And um, this is a very interesting topic for everyone who's joining in. There are a lot of devs in the crypto space, Web3 space, and um, this is a chance to get a deeper look into what their lives look like. Um, so we're very happy to have you, Pranshu. Would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yep, sure. Thank you so much, first of all. Hey, hi, everyone. Currently, I'm associated with the PUSH protocol. And yeah, we are building like Web3 communication layer. And two of the segments of ours are notifications and wallet to wallet chat. Yep, that's it. All right. Uh, let's get started with the question, shall we? So, um, can you tell us a bit about what got you interested in blockchain and how did you start your journey in Web3? Definitely. I guess like, um, you know, this is a very funny story or something like that. Uh, so initially, like, you know, when I graduated, I was never in blockchain or like even I wasn't aware about what blockchain is. I was working with uh, one of the cryptocurrency exchange, but as a data science scientist. Okay. So one day I was like very curious, like, you know, every day, like when I go to the office, uh, of course, that was pre-COVID era. So we go to the office at that time. And um, when you, you know, I usually go to the office, I see all those charts, Bitcoin, all the cryptocurrency and everything. So one day I decided, okay, let's see, like, you know, what this Bitcoin is. And um, after the lunch, I just uh, sat in the reading area and I went through the Bitcoin white paper. And when I was going through the Bitcoin white paper and, you know, uh, some of the conversation of Satoshi Nakamoto, I was like, wow, like, this is not something just a tag or something like, you know, new thing. It's something more like a revolution. And that day I specifically like, you know, realized or decided, okay, you know, I have to pursue this blockchain thing. And from there, like, you know, of course, I have read, I have done few courses, developed a few of the dApps, went through the specific of how Ethereum works. And that's how, like, you know, my journey got started. Sounds like an interesting story and you're definitely an OG because, you know, you joined so long ago. Um, so there are a lot of, you know, engineers and students in the space right now. So what do you think are some steps, you know, students or Web2 developers can take to become a blockchain developer? Definitely, definitely. I use like, um, it, it's more like, you know, a general advice, like whenever we start anything, not specifically to the blockchain or Web3. Uh, one thing, I guess, like, we should always start with the basics of, like, you know, how that tag specifically originated or, like, you know, what are the building blocks of those specific technology. For example, when we talk about the blockchain, uh, most of the people are, you know, of course, fascinated about uh, directly jumping to the smart contract thing or, like, you know, creating ERC-20 tokens or NFT or something like that. But I always uh, suggest or recommend, like, you know, we can always start with Ethereum is uh, like, you know, one of the um, Ethereum or like any of the blockchain, like you can start with the, like, you know, how that blockchain works, like building blocks, for example, what is the genesis block, what is the consensus, 
this grasping all the roots of all the blockchains, right? Or, or like, you know, how this specific blockchain technology works, what is decentralization and everything, like, you know, how it's like even scaling or communicating. And then, of course, like, you know, most of the EVM chains are, um, you know, support solidity as the language to write smart contracts. So I guess like once you are well versed with the uh, basic concepts of blockchain, specifically like consensus, uh, blocks, transactions, specifically like of course transaction, how transaction works, we can jump into the learning of basics of solidity. Then gradually we can start, you know, developing few dApps, specifically like tokens or a voting application or something like that. And parallelly like, you know, hackathons and like podcasts like this, or any of the meetups really, really help to, you know, build up the community and learn more about it. So are there any like um, learning resources that you would recommend to someone who's just starting off? Yeah, definitely. So I guess like um, once, like if you have a technical background, for example, like if you're coming from the computer science or something like, you know, already you have been to the web space or as a developer, I'll always recommend to like go to the official documentation of any of the blockchain or like any of the thing. For example, even ethereum.org have a lot of resources. For example, if you wanted to learn about the Shardium itself, I like most of the time I recommend like official documentations of uh, what is available right now. And secondly, like if you are not something like which is very well versed with the tech, but you wanted to do a transition or like just start with the learning uh, basics. I guess there are a lot of, lot of resources available over the internet right now. Maybe like, you know, you can go to the YouTube and search like few of the, you know, very uh, famous or like good devrels are there who have created the full A to Z course of uh, um, blockchain. So I guess those are few things uh, um, we can go through that. Thanks for the recommendations. I think, you know, these will be very helpful for those who want to get started. Um, so, like, since the last year, we have been hearing a lot about zero-knowledge proofs and zero-knowledge zero snarks. Um, so, can you tell us about what it actually is and why is everyone talking about it? Sure. I just see, like, every time, like, you know, even when we see, like, you know, when we started with the blockchain era, or when this thing started, there is always a boom on like, you know, something that got really famous. For example, initially we have ICO, DeFi, NFT. Now, of course, like, you know, um, zero knowledge proof is something that is really, really famous recently. Or like re recently, like there is a lot of conversations around that. So one of the reason is, see, like when we talk about the blockchain, the privacy really matters. For example, like, you know, in the centralized entity or like, you know, when we are talking about anything, even like, let's take a simple example. Uh, when we go to um, maybe some shop or something to buy a set, or when we go to the, some place, uh, we actually have to reveal uh, like our whole identity, right? For example, if I wanted to buy a SIM or something, I actually have to give my some of the document that is verified by government. Um, and that actually have all the information, right? That can be misused. But what they actually need is either like, you know, um, let's say like if I'm a citizen of that specific country or like if I'm eligible to have that specific SIM card or not, right? 
But beside that, I actually have to give my like all the personal data. And this is not the case in just like, you know, in actual uh, buying some SIM or something in most of the scenarios. So when we talk about the zero knowledge proof, it's basically in something in very, very layman terms that you can prove something without actually revealing the data or like with, without actually revealing the whole information that you specifically holds. For example, let's say like, you know, if I am a batsman um, and I can say like, you know, I can hit sixes on every balls. So one of the thing like, you know, without actually revealing the secret of hitting six at every ball, how I can do that is like any ballers can, you know, ball n number of balls and I am hitting the sixes in every pulse. So that means like I haven't actually revealed that secret, like how I am hitting the sixes. But at the same time, they are like, you know, very much convinced that, okay, you know, this is some, it, it have some, or he have something, um, or he knows some, some sort of tag or like some sort of uh, cool thing that can hit sixes at every ball. So, of course, like, you know, it can be classified into two things like interactive proofs and non-interactive proofs. But just going to like, you know, high level or understanding it from very, very layman terms, it is something that you can actually prove without revealing the actual identity or anything. So I guess, yeah, that's what specifically zero knowledge proof is all about. Got it. That was actually a very simple explanation. Uh... So uh, you have been working in Web3 since 2019 uh, and you must mm-hmm. have, you know, witnessed a lot of developments just like ZKPs. So can you basically like give us a brief timeline of what, you know, how the blockchain has evolved over these years and um, what do you think will come next? Yeah, surely, for sure. I just like, uh, again, you know, this is a very cool story. So like when I actually started with the development uh, we don't have like that much resources at that time. So even like, you know, a simple transaction on any blockchain, like for example, Ethereum, um, right? It takes a lot of time to just confirm that transaction. So even understanding the nitty gritty of those details, like, you know, how norms works or like, you know, how you can sign the transaction. For example, most of the times, um, most of the times, like, you know, uh, we were developing the dApps that is like, you know, mostly on the web browser or something we were using or creating that. But when we like shifted to like, you know, okay, let's create some sort of a decentralized application in the mobile, like how to sign a transaction, like, you know, without actually using MetaMask because MetaMask is mostly available as an extension um, at that time. So we need to understand those details. Then actually like, you know, there are a lot of, lot of improvements happen. Um, in all the space, like even the scalability, if you can say, even in the user experience, or even if you see like, you know, more about the DeFi space, NFT space, or anything. Then eventually, right now, we are in that uh, specific position or era. Uh, that means like we have, like we have, of course, come a lot of uh, um, far from like, you know, from where we have started. But still, I guess one of the major issue or like one of the major thing that we need to solve right now is the user experience and scalability and I guess like communication. For example, um, one of the thing I'm very bullish about or like, you know, I think like it can be an big thing is like account abstraction and social recovery. For example, right now, um, 
I just like uh, the best thing that we can use or the best thing um, that we have for the uh, wallet security is the multi-sig signature or like multi-signature, right? But it's still like, you know, when we have to sign the transactions, let's say like it have a consensus of five to seven. So just to take a step back and explain what multi-sig is. So in usual transaction, like uh, let's say if I have a private key and if I'll sign the transaction, it will go uh, or it will get broadcasted and like, you know, of course, uh, like if everything is perfect, the transaction will get per- confirmed. But in the multi-sig, like N number of parties or have to sign the transaction out of M, where of course N is less than or equal to M. Okay. So let's say if we have a consensus of five to nine, that means at least five parties have to sign the uh, transaction in order to broadcast or complete. Um, we have to do that, right? But the issue with this is it's take a lot of time. Like you have to communicate those things with those five parties. Um, then I guess like one of the solution is like, you know, account abstraction or social recovery. So in this, like, you know, of course, via smart contract wallets, um, you can use or, you know, make like condition to sign the transaction. But of course, like, even if uh, you lose your private keys or something, there are guardians associated with your private key. That means uh, you can always recover or change your private key. So I guess that's a very cool idea, even like, you know, in terms of implementation or increasing the user experience. And of course, like we cannot stretch more on the scalability part. We still need to compete uh, in a lot of ways uh, in terms of scalability. If we just compare Web 2 to the Web 3, so I guess that's again like, you know, one of the things we are focusing. And finally is communication because every time like, you know, um, even in this transaction of multi six, we have to communicate to other parties that, okay, you know, you this transaction is there, you just have to sign that. So I guess like these few topics are there that I personally believe will be like, you know, the next upcoming thing um, uh, in Boom. Understood. It looks like we still have a long way to go, you know, with Web3. And I guess that's a very exciting place to be as a developer, right? Um, Exactly. Yeah, so another thing we've noticed in Web3 is a lot of engineers are becoming founders, devils, you know, influencers, mm-hmm. content creators, like, you know, Nader or Tamar. Um, so, you know, they're starting to really take up the limelight and, you know, not just be behind the scenes. So do mm-hmm. you have any plans like that to, you know, make content in the future? And, you know, does it excite you that, you know, finally engineers are being looked at like stars and celebrities? <laughs> I feel like this is a very, very good question because like, uh, I guess like, you know, we have to communicate in order to survive. So one, even the good thing about this is like, it, we all know that, you know, that is not something that is here for like, you know, from very, very long time. This is like Web3 recently got boomed or like, you know, there's a lot of uh, community is developing around it. So I guess like this is not even like... Um, I guess this is necessary even, like, you know, that even the one who are developing or creating the things like actually coding or building those things should be communicated to the community. Because I guess like few principle of blockchain or decentralization is transparency, right? Uh, so if engineers who are actually building those things 
come you know over the social media or something like at, at any place for example like this podcast or any documentation or any place and they are the one like you know who are basically amplifying or telling like you know this is something that i am building or that i have created because we all know like you know there is a problem and this problem cannot be solved by like any you know single individual so it's really really necessary like you know even we as community like speak about or like you know be very very transparent about whatever we are building or even we have some issues like uh, even we face like you know anything okay you know this is not working fine that's fine just come and speak maybe attach the screenshot raise the github issues and like as a community uh, like you know everyone can come and contribute to that and second point is like you know now like you have mentioned like you know superheroes or like rock star or something like that so i guess like this are basically uh, let's say like if you are stuck at something and you see like you know okay this guy or this person actually came up and basically posted the solution for you i guess like that will be like superhero for that specific time so i guess like um, in web3 i guess the whole community is superstar and i guess like this is also good really good because it's not like you know uh, unlike web2 or like any other space there is a lot of hierarchy that means like hey i cannot communicate with the founder of that xyz protocol or uh, like you know it's a very huge thing it's not something like that it's all, like any like even a devrel developer or anyone i guess like um, first of all we all are human and we are communi- communicating about our thoughts or like you know how we are going to build because that's how like you know we are also brainstorming about the ideas and the problems like um, we collectively solving those issues rather than like you know one single individual focusing on that specific problem so i guess that's my point of view on this absolutely i think you know what you said is very right um the best thing about blockchain is that everything is so transparent and you know anyone who comes and wants to build a new solution has so much you know so much to actually build off of and you know get started with so yeah that's why mm-hmm. we're seeing such you know like massive growth happening in space you know every year um cool so that you know brings us that brings us to the end of this um session um now mm-hmm. we are going to ask you some rapid fire questions and you have 5 seconds to answer them so um are you ready Oh wow, a lot of pressure, huh? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, so first question: What's your go-to source to stay up to date with the latest technological developments in Web three? I guess like one is Twitter because most of the people are tweeting about what's new. And second thing is, I always stock like upcoming projects in the hackathons. So maybe like stock Dapfolio projects or Dapcon talks. one book you always find yourself rereading so it's not specifically related to uh, blockchain but uh, sapiens is one of the book that i usually read oh, yeah that's a great book um what's your favorite web3 community that you're a part of i guess like um, not favorite favorite but i guess like every you know community or like you know everything every place i, I have been associated with is like more of a favorite 
because if i choose a favorite it will be a centralized answer and i don't want to give that <laughs> wow, that was a very diplomatic way of answering that. <laughs> okay yeah. um why should someone become a web3 developer wrong answer is only okay if you if you wanted to um, mint nft of yours and put that into the pfp <laughs> okay what's your favorite thing to do on a weekend Oh, I used like uh, right now I'm in Bangalore so mostly going to the meetups. <laughs> But besides that, of course like you know, just reading books or cracking lame jokes. Yeah. With friends, of course. Uh that's great. Um so it was it was great chatting with you, Pranshu. Like this was probably one of the most fun um podcasts we've had so far. So thank you so much for being such a great sport. Um is there anything you would like to say at the end? to um you know someone who's aspiring to become an engineer in the space or you know just wants to get their foot in the door with web3 like what would your advice be for them sure firstly like you know of course i wanted to thank you all for like inviting me over here secondly like you know answering about someone who wanted to be in this space so i guess like um, we all are like you know still young and learning so don't ever like hesitate to ask anything or like you know get the help because most of the time like you know we always think maybe you know this is a very lame question or like a stupid question and we restrict ourselves to explore that so i guess like uh, this is a very very rapidly evolving space so don't ever think like you know this is a stupid question or this is not something you know that should i should be asking openly to the community i guess like everyone over here are learning so and yeah in case like if you anyone have an issue feel free to reach out to me or like any of the web3 community member yeah all right thank you pranshu for that answer and thank you everyone for attending this latest podcast of where's the blog um we hope to see you again next week same time 7 pm on shardium discord so thank you very much and hope you guys have a great evening thank you so much everyone take care bye bye